Oh, yeah, which is a brew boil and trouble and double. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of out of order. Welcome back, Poison Pals. It's another episode of That Shit is Poison with your host, Harini Bot, and your other host, Megan Gesner. It feels like a long time since I've had to do an intro. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> I feel like the time between our recordings feels like centuries. Because every know. time, I think the literally the last two episodes, we've been like, it's been a minute, folks. We're <laughs> back. We haven't recorded it in a while. And now, like, like yes, we've been now consistently recording. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, like, I feel the same as you. Like, I feel like I haven't heard right? your intro in a bit. But, yeah. Maybe I, I forgot to do an intro for your episode last time. God knows. Like, I... That's totally something I would have done. <laughs> Just uh, continue to okay. talk. <laughs> we, I like how you said that because we have said that at least three episodes now in a row. They're like it feels like a long time. So people in the that are listening are probably just like, what are they doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're, we're, so we're beefing. We're not talking, and that's why it keeps getting delayed. No, 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 no. <laughs> Megan and I are best friends for you. BFS afterlife. <laughs> dude that's perfect that's in line with spooky season i appreciate that reference i (laughs) yeah spooky season i know it's not spooky season but it's like around the corner yeah it's it's what one more week i know dude where did september go what did we say in our last episode september is a filler month (laughs) it is our episode (laughs) in the cycle of life (laughs) I, I truly do actually feel bad for people who like love the month of September if you have a birthday in it. Like, it's not a filler month. We were just being jerks. <laughs> but it, it is. In terms of our mindset, it's, I mean, we'll include September. It's like the pre game to the Halloween season. Right, right. And a, we all love a good pre game. I'm not going to lie. We do. We do. We do. And party kind of, before the party. <laughs> it is the part. And usually, honestly, it's the best party. And sometimes the actual party kind of sucks. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. September, yeah. you're the pregame. Yeah. Like, <laughs> honestly, sometimes I feel like I hype up October so much and then I get like so much excitement that I end up just not doing anything Halloween related at all. I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know what to go, what direction to go in. <laughs> that is true. We do, we do have a history of like being so stoked and having I so know. many plans for costumes and um, like doing an event or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it's always like, very much winging it at the end of the yes. at the end of the day anyway like we always say we're gonna plan the shit out of halloween and then it's just like some slapdash plan right the yeah. last second but it always turns out to be a good time it's so, still fun. not complaining yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were joking the other day that megan do you know anyone who owns a tesla or have you heard a tesla when it backs up or in reverse uh okay bryson owns a tesla <laughs> oh, so i do know that. someone but i have never paid attention to when he's backing up okay what well, does it do listen next time because okay. either look it up or wait for bryson to reverse in front of your eyes but each, whichever comes first but when you do listen to it because it literally sounds like a ghost <laughs> like an like an old school like oh like yes 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 you know yes okay i do know that sound okay <laughs> and i just like made I... that comment yesterday and everyone everyone agreed with me you know that feeling when you just make a offhand comment and everyone's like you're right you yeah like <laughs> that is what i'm feeling right now for you because i've never thought of it as sounding like a ghost i'm just like yeah. that's just an like electric car sound yeah and for you to define that sound i'm like hmm it is ghost like <laughs> it is literally like an old school ghost noise <laughs> which i'm so here funny. for all right now bad. anytime we hear a tesla back up we're just gonna be thinking that <laughs> it's a ghost. spooky season i'll forever think that now that's so funny megan do you have anything to bring to the table today no nothing to bring to the table just except for my story um which is exactly what we're here for but before we get into that i I did such a poor job last week 
what happened in last week's episode discussing about that man who vanishes for 30 odd years and then comes back i was just oh, yeah. winging it but i did what my happened? research and okay. i found the actual story so just oh, yeah to, tell me you know tie up some loose ends let me just read from this yeah, yeah, yeah. this is an article by medium written by sam brack uh, and it's the title is man vanishes for 30 years and gets dropped off home in the same clothes he left in and the same taxi. No, I didn't. Okay. All right. <laughs> let me just read the article. So it is 1991, a regular morning in the countryside next to Bacau, a small city in the Eastern part of Romania. So not Australia. So first strike against <laughs> myself. <laughs> Oh, uh, man. <laughs> yikes. Okay. Okay. Now, I think his name is Vasil. It's V-A-S-I-L-E. Gorgos, a 63-year-old mm. farmer, tells his family he'll go on a small business trip. Nothing unusual since Vasil trades in cattle and already did the same trip dozens of times. As always, he would make the trip by train. He even already bought his train ticket the same day he leaves. But this time, Vasil does not return home. Since Basil usually always returns the same day, his family immediately alarms the police. One day passes, nothing. Two days pass, still nothing. Eventually, days turns into weeks, weeks turns into months. His family assumes Basil died, <laughs> which is like, <laughs> I, I don't well, believe Well, I them. think that's a, that's a good assumption, yeah. It is. I mean, like, what else not good, but like, it's a very rational assumption. I agree. Agreed. It's just mm -hmm. the way that they wrote it is, was a little comedic to me. But anyways, yeah, continuing yeah, yeah. on. They suspect foul play, but because they never find any clues, they can never find full closure, which is, that sucks. Yeah. His family regularly holds a, a memorial service for Vasil, but a lot of questions never get answered until 30 years later. On Sunday, the 29th of August, 2021, a car stops in front of Vasil's family's house the same house where he used to live 30 years ago. And now 93-year-old Vasil steps out of the back seat. He looks confused. Oh my God, what? I know. His family cannot believe their eyes. When they ask Vasil where he has been for 30 years, he replies that he was home. But uh, I know what? <laughs> it gets even weirder. They notice that he he's wearing the exact same clothes as when he left 30 years ago. He even still has that same train ticket in his pocket. Uh... After thorough <laughs> medical examination, <laughs> doctors can only conclude that Vasil's in good health for 93 years old. Damn. Okay. For 30 mm -hmm. years long, he was perfectly taken care of, except for some standard neurologic issues. I mean, he was 93. Nothing extraordinary for a man of his age. They can't find any medical problems. The bizarre thing is that he can perfectly remember his family, his house, and everything he knew 30 years ago, but Vasil does not remember anything from the past 30 years. They were so shocked about the whole scene that they didn't even notice the driver or the number plate. Also, the driver never left the car. From the moment Vasil got out, the car immediately drove away. Well, I mean, rationally, it could have just been like a Lyft or an Uber, like... Who knows? <laughs> I guess like I guess they're assuming that whoever picked him up also brought him back and it was just yeah. like this strange mystery person yeah. that that would their face. That would definitely make an amazing story. And yes, yeah. in the back of my mind I am thinking that. I'm like whoever picked him up also dropped him off and there's like mystery. But yeah. rational brain goes could have just been like a rideshare totally personal driver. It's like, it has oh, like the Uber sticker on the back, but the U is upside down. And you're like, oh, <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> Something's afoot. Uh, that's awesome. Okay. So what else? What else? That's it. There that's There's the more? story. Oh, no. Okay. And they, they're just like asking for everyone's theories. Like, what the heck do you think happened? Yo, <sighs> I love to entertain the idea <laughs> of like time travel, love to entertain the idea of entered a parallel universe oh yeah um that's a good one i don't know dude yeah that's it's so weird it's such so a weird. fascinating story the weirdest part is that he's in good health like he's 93 like he wasn't yeah. that old. like he i mean sorry if you're older than 63 but i'm saying like that's of older age and for him to last 30 years beyond that wherever he was he was taken really good care of yeah the okay so like as much as I love to entertain these theories and I'm really latching onto the time travel one because I've seen like, I think you showed me there was like a one TikTok video that's been trending where it's like there's this homeless dude who there's a video of him like 
writing these crazy equations on the side of a glass building or something. And like everyone has theories that this man's actually like a time traveler just trying to get back to wherever he's trying to go. And there's all these follow up videos anyways. But that's what this makes me think of. And so I love to like play into that and consume that. But what what do you think would be like a truly rational reason for this situation? The only one I can think of is what if he was like in espionage or something and he just had to mm. be like under deep cover for 30 yeah. years and like he's going to the grave with yeah. whatever mission he was on for 30 years. You know what I mean? Hey, that's not a bad that's not a bad theory because I was kind of thinking along the same lines as you started to say it like yeah that or like maybe he needed to disappear because he was part of something undercover and he his cover was blown and he's been burned whatever whatever i'm just elaborating out of my mind now yeah yeah he's been burned and has to like disappear off the face of the earth right 30 years and it was only then that was like it's a long enough time because it's something we talk about all the time like how long is a long enough time where you can kind of come out of the woodworks right and it's okay yeah so maybe it's that kind of thing yeah i'd love to learn more about um what is it called when people go into civilian hiding or mm-hmm. what is that word? Um, <sighs> like not like protection. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, protection's in it. I'm being such oh, a dumb bop. Witness protection. <laughs> Thank you, boys and pals. If you're screaming witness protection, yeah, we heard you. Yes. <laughs> I I would love to learn more about witness protection and like how long you have to be in witness protection. You know, dude. I feel like that can... just goes on forever until you pass away. <laughs> And then you get reincarnated as the ghost sound of the Tesla. (laughs) That's, it's all full circle. circle. People go into witness protection agencies. And then when they die, Elon Musk takes their souls and put them (laughs) into Teslas. Oh my God. That's how it powers on its own. It's not electricity. (laughs) Uh, Okay. All right. That was enough. Moving forward. But that's, that's a really fascinating story. Um, I love weird stuff like that. I love how that, that stuff pops up on your radar. Like you're, you're always in tune with what's weird or paranormal happening in the world. Yeah. But on that note, it is this week and that, that means it's Megan's turn. So let's get on with it. <laughs> Let us get on. Unless you're listening out of order, then, um, you oh, know, this could be the next week for you. I don't know. That's but true. Whatever. That's true. You do you. You do your own time machine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ready, Megan? I'm ready. Megan, oh, am I going? Sorry. <laughs> it's time for you to pick your poison. What's going to be your witch's brew tonight? Okay. Uh, I love it. Yes. So tonight I am actually revisiting a story that we had recorded a oh, while back okay, okay. and I hated how I did in the recording. Yeah. So I said, never release this. <laughs> so this is take two Woo! of the Borgias. Yeah. Borgias. Okay. Wow. Duh. The Borgias. <laughs> Actually, it's kind of on point that you're doing this story because I was talking to my brother. He's like, have you ever not aired anything? And I was like, yeah, we didn't air this episode, but I, they said the Medici's. <laughs> So, <laughs> never you mind know, no you know what's funny is on, on my revisitation of the story i was mm-hmm. actually going to cover a little bit of the medicis too oh. and then i just felt like the borgias just steam in terms yeah. of like amount of information they were so much more popular in terms mm-hmm. of people talking about them over the medicis don't get me wrong medicis have like a huge history um yes. they're also extremely prominent during the italian renaissance or, or renaissance italy but in terms of like poison the borgias are it like oh, they, they are, are the kings it. and queens yeah correct me if i'm wrong are mm-hmm. medicis and borgias the same time period there's some overlap okay. um like 15th 16th century um yeah there's overlap there but they were in different towns so medicis okay. had claim over florence mm-hmm. and a little bit of tuscany and then the Borgias were like Rome. So they oh, were the papal okay. see. That being said, the Medicis actually pushed out a lot more popes than the Borgias. But I think mm-hmm. the Borgias are just have more of an infamous legacy yep. that makes them a little bit more prominent during that era. So, it. yes. So it. I said the name Borgias, Poison Pals, if you don't know what that means, we're going to be doing a history lesson today. So nothing scary true crime wise it's just fun old history 
Um, and the Borgias are an Italian family that, um, to this day in pop culture, they are predominantly known for poisoning their opponents. And that's kind of their claim to fame. But yeah, they were around uh, during the Renaissance time in Italy. So for this story, for those, those who know about the Borgias and are history buffs, I want to apologize in advance. I'm not going to give their full history because it's so goddamn much. And I'm just going to focus on the poison aspect and a little bit on how, just like with a lot of our stories, a lot of things are sensationalized, misconstrued, um, mm -hmm. but that's what makes it fun, right? So I'll talk yes. about what's actually real and what's probably just fodder, fodder, what's, what's good for media to hold mm -hmm. on to and all that. So real quick, my sources are, I pulled a journal article called Poisoning During the Renaissance, the Medicis and the Borgias by F.P. Retief and L. Silliers. That's a good one. I also pulled from a Toxicology Research and Application Journal, Ohio Link, Ohio.gov, apparently. <laughs> there Ohio. was an article on Ohio.gov, yeah, um, it's it. called Beauty Without Pity, Ambition Without Remorse, Lucrezia Ooh. Borgia and Ideals of Respectable yeah. Femininity. Yes, um, yes. That Taylor and Francis group textbook called It All Depends on the Dose, Poisons and Medicines in European History. Yep, yep. History Today, which is just like a fun history website. And Wikipedia. <laughs> yes. Yeah, All right. A lot of these sources were like books, essentially, like chapters yeah, and books. Yeah, so it like, seems okay. that way. But anyways, here we go. So quick introduction. The Borgias were extremely powerful in an influential family in Renaissance Italy. They held power through the papacy. In their most popular history, like what a lot of people focus on, is they had two popes um, mm -hmm. that came out of their family. The first being Pope Calixtus III, and the second being Pope Alexander the... <laughs> Long pause. The sixth. I was like, is it the fourth or sixth? The V and I are switched. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Pope Alexander the sixth, and Calixtus III, like his real name is Alfonso de Borgia. Mm -hmm. He was born in Valencia, Spain. So their family actually comes from Spain, not mm. Italian descent, Spanish descent. And Calixtus III was... Just like the really the rest of the Borgia lineage, incredibly educated, mm -hmm. went to university, was a lawyer, oh. studied theological law, whatever, like that sort of thing, worked his way up to be a cardinal, and it, I'm really skimming, like eventually became pope. Sure. And the thing about him is that he didn't become pope until he was 78. Whoa. He was old. But during this time, yeah. <laughs> Uh, pretty much. <laughs> Too much. Pretty much. So he became Pope when he was 78, and he only was Pope for three years. And mm. in those three years, he was mostly, like, bedridden, sickly, oh, just an old Pope. Dude, that's, um, a, that's an old age to live up to during that time. That's impressive. That is. It is. Yeah. So during that time, I think probably because he knew of his limited amount of time left and knowing that he wouldn't be in uh, as the Pope for for that long. His claim to infamy was that he just was extremely nepotist with getting mm -hmm. his family in the right places that they needed to be. Yep. So he definitely placed a lot of the Borgia within the papacy or within as cardinals. And that was like the primary person who set up the Borgias for later stuff. And when I say later stuff, I mean the next people I'm going to talk about, they're the ones who are the people that everyone has an interest in. So it's it's four key players, the first being Calixtus the, the third. But his role was basically just getting his family in the right place right, so that right. they could hold power. So he set them all up. Mm -hmm. So then after that, it's his nephew, who's Alexander VI, whose original name is Rodrigo Borgia. He eventually becomes Pope, and then two of his children, Caesar Borgia and Lucrezia Borgia, mm -hmm. are the two other Borgias that are mostly talked about. So think of Calixtus as like a separate thing, because he, he dies before they like really work themselves up to be these prominent Borgias. Right. But once Alexander the Sixth 
becomes pope, those three, like Alexander, Caesar, and Lucrezia, those are the ones who pretty much create this story or people create the story around them that mm -hmm. is super libertine, libertinism, immoral. They're yeah. the three who are like the most infamous. Debauchery. Of all exactly. Yeah. So what, what does that infamy entail? So if you are familiar with this, the like these three folks or the Borges in general, you'll know that they were accused of like ancestral relations. They were accused of mass orgies. Their claim to fame really is on how they poisoned their opponents. Like poison mm -hmm. was their bread and butter. Like that's what people yeah. said about them. Um, to a point that one of the poisons that is synonymous with the Borgias is Cantarella. Mm -hmm. Cantarella was their poison of choice and they're the ones who actually like quote unquote made it. But um, we'll get into Cantarella later. Yep. Yeah. So that's, that's like the stuff that follows them to this day. I don't know if you remember, there is the show, The Borgias, on yeah. Showtime. And then they mm -hmm. also streamed it on Netflix, mm -hmm. featuring Jeremy Irons as, like, Alexander VI. <laughs> All that's covered in the show. And they definitely, like, they play that up because it For makes good sure. television. Mm -hmm. But here's, like, a hint as to, obviously, we don't know if any of these things really happened. Because, well, first of all, Alexander VI, when he died at the age of 73, he was oh, wow. obese. He was obese when he died. Oh. If you go look at a still image of Borges and you see the death scene for J Jeremy Irons, yeah, he's like just Jeremy Irons. He's not. There's no like fat he's, suit. Yeah. There's nothing mm -hmm. like. So I'm just like, hey, <laughs> it's fun to hold on to this family in a mythological sense, but I think the reality is like the stuff about the incest and all that. Uh, a lot of historians are actually trying to like acquit them of that narrative. They're like, yep. there's no real hard evidence that these things happened but it's fun it's like fun to think that of a definitely a powerful italian family who lived to really old too yes yes yeah. Yeah. he lived to an old age caesar did not yeah caesar dies at 33 this goes into like their stories of like poisoning yeah. and stuff so one of the claims is that alexander the sixth and caesar had invited a bunch of their colleagues, including opponents in that group, to a dinner. And it's claimed that they had asked the servants to poison some of their colleagues in the dinner. But one of their colleagues, aka also an opponent, had caught word of this <laughs> and convinced the servant to reverse the poisoning or something. Oh like, gosh. don't do it. This is all a claim. This is just a claim. And so what happened was like Alexander VI and Caesar ended up getting poisoned. Alexander oh. VI dies. Caesar, oh. he's able to fight it off. Uh -huh. At some point after that, he gets into some trouble and is exiled to Spain and then dies via assassination there at the age of 33. Oh, shit. So that's like, the, that's like the end of their reign. <laughs> yeah. uh, I haven't mentioned Lucrezia yet. I'll talk more about her. But Lucrezia, actually, she's the one who is the only one that actually survives the Borgia wow. family and is able to live her life further on like past her brother like sort Game of thing. Thrones. Yeah, yeah. But um that's that whole story that claimed that they like tried to poison that all these people at this dinner. Mm -hmm. It's likely from one of my sources, they're like, listen, everyone at that dinner ended up getting sick. It okay. is very likely that it was just acute food poisoning back mm -hmm. in the day. Yeah, so sure. so I'm definitely jumping around and I apologize. But I think what's critical, because I guess I <sighs> What, I was going to give a history lesson, but there is a slight stance, and the stance is like, you know, looking at the Borgias objectively, you know, instead of like playing into, oh, they're this, they're the family in Assassin's Creed that were the villains. <laughs> you know what I mean? I love it. <laughs> yeah. Such a good one. So here's, here's the thing. We have to look at Renaissance Italy for like what it was. Like take the Borgias yeah. out of the picture and just, let's just look at the environment. Mm -hmm. So in one of my sources, it said that like, poisoning was a part of the social fabric of renaissance italy like it was something that it's not necessarily rampant but it was a trend it was like a trend yeah. how what's the word how like uh doing hot yoga might be a trend like it's yeah. something that like really proliferated for some reason during this time and it wasn't sure. even in a way that people were actively poisoning each other it was more like people wanted to learn about poisons so here's some examples in venice 
this is what it means by poison was a part of the social fabric. In Venice, uh, a committee of 10 sanctioned poisoning as a tool of the government. And they even kept official records of victims eliminated this way. They're like, oh. okay, we can use poison to eliminate our opponents. That's a legal thing that we can do. Wow. In Rome, a school of poisoning was developed in the 15th century. Like you could get an education on That's poison. That's fucking cool. <laughs> um, in 17th century, there was a secret society of women who specialized in poisoning their husbands. Okay, so that's actually like actively poisoning people. Naples was known for its professional poisoners. Like you wow. could hire someone to poison or like, you know, like that's yeah, like where a hitman. they hung out. Exactly. And it was recorded that that nobody really felt safe from poisoning. But it was also like a natural part of the culture at the time. Did you like, what a Russian roulette way yeah. to live. <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah. And, and what this particular source commented on or pointed out was that the Renaissance was a very fascinating time because there was so much progress in the sciences while simultaneously people still holding on to the idea of sorcery and witchcraft mm -hmm. and things like that. And yeah. so it was the blend of these two things. And when poisons were coming about or poisons were being utilized, people would would always tie it to oh it's i was going to bring this up later but lucrezia specifically she has a history of being seen as some sort of femme fatale because of her mm -hmm. relationship within the borgia family but people claim that she was a witch and that's why she got this this connection as being a poisoner like a murderous woman who poisons because she was also tied into this belief that like oh, how can someone so beautiful and intelligent have this much power, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. She must be pulling some witchcraft, which it ties into being able to know how to use poisons, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, which sure. is not the case. It's all just like when people are scared or want to slander somebody, that's yeah. an easy way to just claim that or accuse that. And so also during the Renaissance, poisons were very popular because chemistry and alchemy was becoming something that was popular. Mm -hmm. And so people were moving past using natural poisons like plants, belladonna, <laughs> belladonna, <laughs> aconite, can cantharidian, things like that. We were moving past that into actually like heavy metal poisoning. Yeah, heavy metal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah poison fouls. <laughs> Marini just put up like one of those like rock signs with your hands. Like, yeah. Rock on. <laughs> rock on. Um, and rock so on with the heavy metals. Hell yeah. Because they're mostly rocks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so mercury, antimony, lead were becoming, mm -hmm. were being experimented on and, you know, People were learning like, oh, these are poisons. And then this is also when arsenic was truly discovered to be yeah. used as a poison or like very intentionally experimented on. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it is said that arsenic was the most popular poison of the Renaissance era because it was tasteless, you know, flavorless, yeah. odorless, all these things. It could be super fast acting or super slow acting, depending on the dosage. That's the environment during That's the time. So cool. And so... I think because the Borgias were in a place of power and if there's one thing that they for sure can be accused of, like what we know for a fact is yes, they were nepotists. Like they were always placing their family in the position of power and they were definitely abusing the papacy for that, you know, as power plays and like mm -hmm. putting who they felt were their, what's the opposite of opponent, <laughs> Putting allies. their allies, yeah, yeah, putting their allies in places that they felt would be useful. But the claims about like incest and things like that, those are pretty much disproven because mm. there's no real written evidence of it. I doubt there would be though. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. I don't know. That's a good point. But I just, sorry, I do have like an argument mm -hmm. to, okay. to support my, my, <laughs> my argument, which is, so what the the original claim of incest came around because Lucrezia, she was often used as a pawn by her mm -hmm. both her father father aka Alexander the sixth and her brother Caesar pawn in political marriages. In her first marriage, once she married that person who was part of the Sforza family, which was another very predominant Italian family at the time, once Alexander the sixth aka her father felt like we don't need to be involved with this family anymore. He like forced them to get an annulment and 
and the I think his the husband at the time his name was Giovanni Sforza. He was upset by that, and he claimed he's like Lucrezia, you're you're having relations with your father and brother, oh. like out of anger, like yeah, yeah, that yeah. was the claim. Obviously, like we don't know, we will never know, but I do think it was like a because it was a political maneuver where the Sporzas would be hurt by it. Mm-hmm. That's why those claims came up, and then Got it just it. became like an anecdotal thing that just followed them, and probably it's <laughs> horrible. Yeah, yeah, followed them, followed Lu- Lucrezia. Yeah. Because out of the family, she definitely got the most heat because she's a woman. Like, a tale as old as time. Unfortunately for her, you know, she was a pawn. She was married two more times as, like, you know, political moves. Her second husband was assassinated by her own brother, Caesar. And I think that was because they no longer had a need for the second husband's alliance anymore. But I think Lucrezia might have actually been attached to him in some way. So when he returned, the brother did stab him, sort of thing. Uh, Sort of thing. (laughs) (laughs) But he didn't fully die. But then, like, he couldn't be nursed back to health. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At some point, he passes. And then, you know, she marries her third person. And in her third marriage, she has, like, eight kids with that guy. So that was, like, the most landing relationship. A whole litter. (laughs) Yes. And then the other thing that I read was that historically actually written down, Caesar most often killed via like stabbing or strangling. So Caesar, I would say his reputation, I almost equate him to like, who's the bastard son? Who's the like the evil bastard villainous guy in Game um, of Thrones? Like flays people. His, his, his is a flayed man. What's his name? Yeah, I know. Is it Ramsey? Was, yeah, not Gordon Ramsey. <laughs> it's Ramsey. It's been Ramsey so long. Bolton. Yes. Okay. Yes. There we it's go. been so long since I've watched that show. I'm Same. like, I do not know who these people are. But I would equate Caesar as like a Ramsey Bolton type character because I do think he was high up in the military and also held a cardinal position. He definitely assassinated people. But what the argument is is that their use of poison was overstated they didn't really poison that many people if he killed someone it was like violent in a stabby sense yeah the only factual or most likely poisonings that happened were of three different cardinals that basically were just at the time alexander the sixth probably saw them as an opponent and wouldn't put the pope that he would want next in place or something like that that is all to say that they have this history or they're known to be these like super libertinism practicing immoral family or what have you. But mm-hmm. I think a lot of that is exaggerated. And actually their use of poisons is overstated. That is all to say, as I said, are tied to the poison Cantarella. And I want to talk about that a little yes. bit. One of the rumors why they're so the Borgia name is so tied to poison and Cantarella is one. It is claimed that they had their own special lab or like basement that they just curated a bunch of poisons, Mm -hmm. whether that was natural poisons, mineral poisons, whatever. And they did build Cantarella, which Cantarella is predominantly arsenic. But what is unique is that it's arsenic plus some sort of pestilent substance, like pestilence. And when I say pestilence, I mean that sometimes what they would do, they would put arsenic on like a dead toad or a live toad or something like that. And the toad would decay and rot and pus. Sorry, Hernanda, you don't like that word. And then they would scrape that pestilence off. (laughs) (laughs) And that would be the cantarella. Like it would be arsenic plus this this sort of like bacteria essentially and that's what was causing people to get sick because yes you're getting poisoned by arsenic but it's like insult to injury i'm also going to give you this gross ass bacteria (laughs) that's in your witchiness that's yeah it's pretty witchy the other example of pestilence because i i got this from two different um sources one said that they did the thing with the toads the other one I, I'm sure you remember this from the first time we tried to record this episode. <laughs> I'm just going to read it straight from the source. It says, according to Nicholas Gorelli, the chief physician of Emperor Charles VI, and this person lived a little bit later after the Borgias, but probably was like, you know, doing the research of what Cantarella is. To obtain alkaloids of putrefaction, a high dose of arsenic was administered to a pig, which was then suspended by the hind legs. 
the froth around the mouth of the dying animal was collected and kept in a bottle for use in the composition of poisons. Oh my god. I kept using the word pestilence. I meant to say putrefaction. Oh my god. That is nasty upon nasty. Yeah. So that's most likely what Cantarello was. There's also a theory that Cantarella probably did have some form of cantharidian in it. And mm. Poison Pals, as a reminder, cantharidian is a is also known as Spanish fly. Mm -hmm. And that's the blister beetle one where, like, if you were to ingest it, you're going to get internal blisters. And yeah. it's also the one where, like, you would get a prolonged erection, but for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. <laughs> like, horrible, just, horrible stuff. God. And the reason why there's a theory that Cantarella did have some cantharidian in mm -hmm. it is because the word Cantarella does have a tie to the ancient Greek word. Oh, it's in Greek. <laughs> I don't want to. Yeah, the, dude, don't even try to think your way through that one. We're just going to pretend symbols. it probably says like Cantharis or something. Okay, like, sure, sure. Oh, it, has a, a, yeah, it, has an, a, it has a tie to an ancient Greek word that probably says Cantharis, but meaning cantharides or spanish fly so that's why there's that theory the other theory is that cantarilla or arose from the word cantharellus which means in latin small cup or coming from another greek word which i cannot read a kind of drinking cup so okay. it could be all of those things like maybe they're like hey we're gonna call this poison this thing because we use it in cups so that's one <laughs> thing but also it happens to have cantharidian in it yeah, yeah. possibly interesting so okay. yeah Long story short, cantharella was just a bunch of, a mixture of things. Key thing was arsenic, though. Yeah. Okay. Because gotcha. that was just very popular at the time. Most likely it was mm -hmm. arsenic. And in developing their cantharella, the Borgias, I think it is stated that they would test it on slaves or servants. Oh. So they did do a little bit of like what Mithridates used to do, <laughs> which right. was like, you know, kind of experiment with their poison. I feel very confident that Lucrezia didn't poison people. I think that, no. if anything, it was her father probably asking servants to poison. Uh, Rumors around Lucrezia that made you know people think that she was poisoning is people would be like, oh, she has a ring on her finger that hid poison and stuff like that. But the reality is, I mean, again, we don't, we won't ever fully know. But I just feel like it's much more likely that Lucrezia, she's so popular or infamous because, one, she was beautiful. Like, mm -hmm. fact, she was very, very beautiful, very intelligent. I didn't say this earlier, but both Caesar and Lucrezia were actually illegitimate children of Alexander VI. Oh. Despite that, they he, like, favored them for some reason, mm -hmm. and he made sure they got an education. So just That's like awesome. Calixtus III, yeah. all of them went to university. All of them got proper education. Wow. Lucrezia's is special because for a woman during that time to get the education that she did right. is super rare. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why her being called a witch and things like that follows her because, because she was living an abnormal life for a sure. woman at the time. Not only is she beautiful, she's highly intelligent. She's very good at working in higher political circles like she knew how to talk mm -hmm. politics and i'm sure like i'm sure she had many noble suitors that probably through her father like she had to reject and mm -hmm. that probably gave her a bad rap you know what i mean like they're yeah like who is this floozy lady who thinks she can talk politics but won't give in to my will you know like exactly. sort of thing anyway. so she does have this this story of being some sort of femme fatale and but like I said, remember I told you, like, her first husband, she was asked by a, her father, forced, ultimately, to annul that. And so mm -hmm. the husband, or the, the guy that, that she was going to yeah, divorce, yeah. obviously is upset with her father, but ends up claiming, like, she's the one who's an incestual right, right. whore well, she got or something. The the right. For sure. Well, I'm actually surprised, mm -hmm. like, if that's the case, like, why not just, like, kill them? If they don't need them anymore, I'm surprised that they, like, decide to go the... Yeah, agreeable route of d divorce, right? Well, well, that's the thing. I think that's like, I mean, with the second husband, they did, they did try to yeah, assassinate. He, he did kill. I think okay because well, I don't have an answer. I know that for that first husband, for that time, when they did the annulment, 
like that was insulting enough. Like maybe I don't know why someone decides to be like this opponent. I want to poison right. this person. I don't. But I guess they just chose not to assassinate or kill him. But I do think, honestly, it was enough. Losing that marriage to Lucrezia and to the Borgia family was a big blow to the Sporza. Totally. And I think that that social blow was a death in and of itself. For sure. For sure. And realistically, now that I think about it more, that family was still prominent and big. I think it would be the equivalent of the Capulets and the Montagues because they're both so prominent. Like if you were to murder someone like AKA Lucrezia's husband, his side of the family is still so prominent. So you would probably be hurting yourself if you killed him because then Mm -hmm. you would be at war with this whole house. Sure. You know what I mean? I'm not the history buff. (laughs) If you're a history buff, email us and tell us more about this. I wanted to focus on the poison mostly, but but yeah, uh, does that answer yes, a little bit of your question about Lucrezia and like her story? Yeah, um, I, that's so interesting because I guess it's kind of like a, an education to know that this is mostly rumors, it seems like. Yeah, like they, I'm sure they did poison, but it seems like it's more of something of the time that mm-hmm. it was more popular of that time. I'm yeah. sure maybe the Borgias did poison some people here and there, mm-hmm. but I guess the talk that was hyped up of Lucrezia specifically as a poisoner may have been talked up too much yeah i definitely agree i think it's definitely overstated how much they poison their foes there is one of the articles i read from like they're like here are some moments in time where people accuse the borges of poisoning this person or this person Mm -hmm. but we need to take into account that it's most likely these people happen to die of malaria which was like (laughs) rampant during that time like it's most likely this person died of food poisoning you know what i mean Um, and the reason why everyone would accuse the borges of that is because of yes they had a connection to this noble person who got sick or whatever but because of that cross section of power plus sorcery mm-hmm. plus poison mm-hmm. socially in terms of gossip and stuff it was just much more satisfying and more you know superstition based to be like oh sure. if there's power involved and this person just got sick the borges are definitely poisoning them yeah but the reality is like probably not probably unfortunately for the other person they just had like a real illness that yeah. came around. It was the freaking renaissance, Dude. but people didn't have that, you know, medical sciences were just taking off at that mm-hmm. point. I don't think they understood dosages until the 17th century, like mm-hmm. how dosage and poisoning worked until the 17th century. It's because the ignorance around the witchcraft, people most often would point to poison rather than mm-hmm. thinking, oh, it's a plague, you know? Right, right. Okay. Exactly. This is aside from any of the poisons, but mm-hmm. also kind of going into the history of the Borgias and of that time, as you were talking, I'm like, to be a fly on any of those gorgeous <laughs> walls in Italy, Oh yeah, I, it would be like watching the best TV show ever. Oh, yeah. I, I wonder I wonder if it would actually be fun or really boring to watch. <laughs> I wonder that too, but I'm you just know? like, it would just be so curious to see if one, how they lived life. Because I just feel like, I almost feel like it wouldn't be too much different to today in terms of like the social aspect like the social climbing and things like that yeah. like we may not find too much of a difference but i'll just be like wild to see that back in like the renaissance and like what they cared about back then true yeah that's true like part of me thinks like how much of it would really just be like like if we were a fly on the wall like just people sitting at like a table and just conversing you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah right there's there's no tvs like i'm like I don't think unless you were an artiste or something, I feel like not a lot of people would be doing, let's do a dance together. Like, <laughs> I guess but they did. They did do dances like balls and stuff back yeah, then. Yeah, but yes. I feel like everyday life within the, within Rome, within like the Vatican, I feel like it'd just be like a lot of quiet conversations. A lot of like, how did they <laughs> sp- like spend their time, their days or hours, especially women? All they could do is like needlepoint and right. Look at I the know ceiling. for a fact, Lucrezia, she was like reading a lot, well read, oh, yeah. probably just keeping up on her education to have back then. <laughs> yeah, and they and they mostly stayed on those premises. Like to travel was such an ordeal, yeah. right? Well, why would you want to leave Italy anyways? <laughs> if you're accused of poisoning someone. That's where our man from the beginning went. 
for 30 years. He went back in time to the Borgias. He, his witness protection was going to Renaissance <laughs> Italy. Oh my God. That cannot be true because he was well taken care of into his 93-year-old age. I know. Yeah, he wouldn't have survived to 93 if he was transported no, no, he back to the Italian Absolutely Renaissance. <laughs> so one last thing and what has now become a pretty apparent me trying to also acquit the Borgias of their infamy is they were super big proponents of progressing the arts and sciences during the Renaissance. So they played a big role in that. And I think that that also probably got them heat because huh. to to bring about like concepts that are so progressive, let's let's revitalize the art scene. Let's revitalize music. Let's revitalize all this. I can see maybe older mindsets or people who just um, are uncomfortable with that being like, who are these power hungry trying to change my way of life trying to yeah. like instill these grandiose notions on our community like that's wealthy person stuff you know what i mean <laughs> so that's a possibility too and what you had said earlier like, oh i can see like a lot of these are just rumors rumor based i do think yes i think that why all these stories follow them is because they're rumors that started so far back in the day mm -hmm. and just remained like they yeah. just followed the family because people didn't like the power that they had. No. And admittedly, like I said, there probably are three solid incidences where poison was used to take away their foes in the the church. I guess poisoning three people is nothing to laugh at. <laughs> like, no, that's, that is, a, that's a good That is amount. something. Yeah. That's, one is all it takes. Yeah, it's true. So <laughs> that is all to say. I do think their history has been a bit fluffed because sure. of how they're presented in media. Like, And also... Out of all three of them, Lucrezia definitely has the most, like, fictional literature about her. Even young mm -hmm. adult fictions, you know, yeah, that's yeah. very popular. Kind of like Anne Boleyn status, mm -hmm. you know? That's it. Yeah, it was a short, <laughs> short, no, short I liked episode. that. I liked it short yeah. and sweet. It was a little yeah. dip in our toes, and then we just dipped out. <laughs> yeah, dip in, dip out. I like it. No, I was just going to say, uh, as far as, like, them like sponsoring i forgot what the actual word for it is like when you are not the producer but like um patron mm, yes, yeah when patron they of the like arts. did patron of the arts just like mm -hmm. the medici family for yes. sure yes and it was one of those things where i'm just like trying to trace my mind back because like right before that i would say it's like the plague like 14th century like maybe mm -hmm. into the 15th century mm -hmm. but that was like some dark freaking times man yeah. right everything was bleak and people were just dead and dying yeah. all over the place so then to revitalize the arts it just felt like for other people looking in it's probably like all like these hedonists like yes. why are you guys like glorifying yeah. all the luxury and indulgences of life right this is not practical or whatever you know right right so, but it's one of those things like dude we just like went through hell and back it's time to live life right i totally agree that those are the thoughts i had when i was like looking into this i was like they knew they held the power and they with their power, like we could maybe do something really good mm -hmm. for rome at least or um, you know parts of Italy that are impacted by Rome's power, probably most of Italy at that point. But I could see them being like, we can make progress for our country. Like great things can come out of this. We don't have to like stay ruined from death and despair. Yeah. And I uh, almost equate it to like the fifties after going through healing from world war two sort of thing. Like the fifties yeah. was huge consumerism. And mm -hmm. I see that as very similar like consumerism tied to technology was a big thing in the 50s right now that you say it it almost feels like a collective numbing mechanism right you know just like <laughs> like buying things and just like right zoning out of your reality and right and, i don't know oh, now i'm getting too close i know no no it's, it's true like okay so poison pals debate question after <laughs> historically global or national event that just definitely takes a toll on your country or the globe is it a numbing to try to enjoy entertainment because uh, i would put mm -hmm. arts and stuff at the end of the day entertainment um yep. a new washing machine and <laughs> Uh, televisions in the 50s and all that entertainment like consumers yeah. it's all tied to entertaining thine self yes so is that a numbing or is that like a revitalization is that like a we're getting our spirits back up yeah and there's no free. worries like we can yeah. 
we're allowed to have a good time now, you know? Yeah. Well, so, mm-hmm. so what is it? I don't know. There I think we're seeing that even now coming out of 2019, 2020, mostly Absolutely. 2020. Yeah. With 2022 yeah. on the horizon. Absolutely. We're all coming out to play. We are. We are. I, yeah. Now I'm really thinking about it. I'm like trying <laughs> to think of examples like, like socially, I know we're all coming out to play, but I'm yeah. like, like, is there new technology that I've just been like staring blank in the face and not realizing like, oh, it's an outcome of the pandemic. Like, is there new entertainment that is like novel to this time because of the pandemic? And I'll have to think about that. Yeah, I'll have to think about that. I I feel like it's one of those things staring in my face, too. But yeah, yeah, that's that's that. So that's just the last bit of my defense for the the Borgia family. I love um, it. You're like their lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> their defense uh, lawyer. Yeah. They did not poison thine self or no, their family. <laughs> yes. I mean, Only at the pension. end of the day, I would still lose that defense because they did actually poison people, <laughs> but like just not as much as they are said to have poisoned. And they weren't sure, actually sure. as like hedonistic as they are presented. I think that was just slander by their mm-hmm. opponents and that just perpetuated over time. So. I just, I don't know why I laughed so hard when I read the thing that said, like, Alexander the Sixth on his deathbed was morbidly obese. And my brain automatically was like, okay, was Jeremy Irons portrayed as obese in this role? No, he wasn't. Of course not. They're all beautiful. I know. I find that so comical. Props to Assassin's Creed. I think they actually made him a little bit heavy set in Assassin's Creed. Dude, Assassin's Creed is so It's pretty I don't know. But I I mean, like, half and half. I think Assassin's Creed definitely, um, as part of that entertainment side that kind of beefed up the Borgia's notoriety. But yeah. um, I would say, like, their Wikipedia could, like, on some levels, I could have used that as, like, some like no, a history yeah. timeline. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I feel like they do, they definitely spend a lot of money in, like, their historic research yeah. in making the game. I know that this has been said a lot, specifically about Assassin's Creed. Where wherever they have Assassin's Creed in that game or whatever, everyone says like historians or even like people who are familiar with the area, they say it's super accurate in terms of the map. Wow. Like, you could literally like walk down the street in Assassin's Creed and you could see that you can find a building that's in real life. That's crazy. Like, to that level. Like they're so highly like the maps and like the streets and everything, the shops are so highly detailed. And obviously because it's Europe, a lot of things that existed back then still exist now because of just the preservation they're so good at that so you can literally see things from back then that's still there today and it's on that same road you just walk down you're like that should be there and there it is but i love that aspect of assassin's creed that is fantastic that's what makes great games great like totally that's amazing and they got desade pretty on point too nice yeah yeah yeah. i know i said i i'm pretty sure it's just sod like say i know yeah yeah that's my mess up of saying sade but i like marquis de sade i know it it had a little bit more All right. Okay. So yeah, let's wind it down. I was gonna say like, oh, Assassin's Creed, because the whole premise is it's modern day, but it's like these. uh, Clearly, I did not play the game, but I kind of remember what you showed me. It's like modern day. They go into like an Oculus that puts Mm -hmm. them in the time of yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 In my head, I'm like the guy from. What is it? Bulgaria? Poland? Oh, or... Romania. Romania. <laughs> the guy from Romania who went missing for 30 years, he was yeah. just in Assassin's Creed. Oh my God. He was just in Assassin's Creed. He was drinking the elixir of life and oh got spat God. back out to the multiverse. So silly. Oh okay. God, what that's the hell it. is our podcast sometimes? <laughs> this okay. episode was messy, but you know what? It was a hodgepodge. Enjoy. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> Yeah, uh, wait, wait, antidotes. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, what? antidotes. What? I was gonna yeah. say, take us on out. Then I stopped no, myself. No. Yeah. Okay. I will go first since mm-hmm. Megan, you did your story. Mm-hmm. I actually have two small antidotes that'll mesh together because one okay. is a book and one is a TV show. I love it. <laughs> so first things first, I am beyond happy with my antidote because it truly was my antidote Aww. of every day this week was Aww. watching season three of Sex Education. Ah, uh, yes. My I need to start God. that. Oh. My God. Oh, oh we got to start to get, we'll watch it. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to wait for you. Show. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that show is seriously like, I I don't want to overhype it up, but I don't hype think it. it can be hyped up enough. 
Like, I honestly think it's my favorite show I've ever watched. Like, it's wow. just like perfect. It was one, it's like one of those things where they just like get it so brilliantly right. Yeah. And everything is so well thought out. Every aspect, like it makes you laugh. It definitely made me cry. Oh. And just like, you just, it's a feel good. It's just a feel good. And it's Damn. smart. It's like a very, very smart show. And obviously like, yeah, you no, know, yeah, it's yeah. Jillian. J- Jillian. Yeah. 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 Love Jillian her. Is- fantastic the cast is just phenomenal but yeah she's obviously great she's great so that is my antidote of the week if you guys have not never watched sex education i could not recommend it enough please go watch it will make your day um my other antidote of the week is hearkening back to my bachelorette weekend when we were in seattle the next day we went to a bookstore and i picked up some books and they That's have been right. sitting on my desk for since the bachelorette. <laughs> but then I was like, I, I think because once the wedding was over, I actually felt a little more relaxed to actually pick up a book and mm-hmm. read again. Yeah, so yeah. then I did. And I just picked up the first one that I saw. And I got to be honest with you, like the first couple of like chapters, I was like, what is this? And I was like really <laughs> close to like dropping that shit. Yeah. But then I kept with it and now I can't put it down. And what's even better and what is the antidote is I just picked it up because it was kind of like a detective novel mm. and it took place in the UK, which, you know, I'm just like a freaking yeah. sucker for eat that shit like, up. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah all day. <laughs> and then I come to know it's a crime novel. I come to know that the main act of murder was a poison. Oh shit. And it was a poison I've never heard of, which is sodium azide. Ooh. Uh, which kind of acts similarly to cyanide, apparently. Okay. And I was like, this is so interesting. Like, I, what a wonderful, <laughs> that sounds so bad, but what a wonderful surprise that it was poison. Like, I didn't know it was going to be poison at all. I thought it was going to be like a stabby type murder situation, but it totally wasn't. And I'm just enjoying myself with this surprise poison novel that I picked up randomly you, in Seattle. Are you going to do a story on that poison at some point? Do you think... I probably could. I've actually never heard of it being used so far. So that could be something interesting to look into. But yeah. for uh, Poison Pals, if you're interested in reading this book, I also highly recommend it. It's called A Banquet of Consequences by Elizabeth George. Oh. So uh, Banquet's yes. classic place for poisoning. Yes. So yes. It's very good. It's very good. So if you guys are in need of a new book, it's got four out of five stars rating on Goodreads. So pick it oh, up that's that's really good four yeah. out of five i feel like i don't read enough but like <laughs> i whenever i try to like look up a, like try to find a book that's interesting and i'm like this sounds interesting and yeah. then i google it it's always like 3.5 out of five and sure, i'm like sure, maybe sure, i just sure. have bad taste in titles <laughs> like i don't know <laughs> that's how i get reeled in it's the cover art for oh, me and then the title i just get yeah. suckered right in so yeah I never know what it's going to be about until I, I open know. it up, but it's got to yeah. go for the best. Agreed. <laughs> well, that's, that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah, I should. I definitely need to watch Sex Education with you because I know you're itching to share the share the we're joy to get together this week because Dave's gone, so we're going to party it up. Hell yeah! <laughs> my antidote is that I did my final work related thing for my previous job um so for context i recently you know if you've been listening to the past episodes i recently started a new job but i was doing some overlap transitioning so Mm -hmm. technically i was still working with my previous job but in a very Uh limited capacity and tonight right before this recording i did my final presentation that like i would ever need to do for that position Mm -hmm. and i am like wow I am done. Wow. Awesome, <laughs> so man. it feels That's good because it's like, it's like, I, I wouldn't say it's like a breakup, but it's like the last <laughs> step, you know, it's like, yeah, I don't need to do anything, anything more for this. Um, I love it. So that's my antidote. And I admit, admittedly, so I've had to do two, two like presentations this past month in that, in that job, mm-hmm. this one, this one tonight being the second one, but like admittedly, I, I'm like, I feel like I can tell that I am maybe not putting 100% effort mm, sure, into these. Sure. And especially because this one was the last one. It's not that I didn't put effort, but I was like so casual about it. Sure. Like I was like, blah, blah. like just um, not non-professional, but yeah. very not concerned if like if this if, if it went well or not. Yeah. Not concerned yeah. if like the, the audience, the audience are students. 
Like, the students aren't listening. I was like, I don't really care. <laughs> I was wondering. I was like, why are you working on a Sunday night? But that makes sense now. Yeah. It's just the so, kiddos. That's that. Good, Megan. You have officially severed ties. Yes. You are done. Moving onwards and upwards. Yes, yes. Clean slate. All right. All right. Megan, take us on out. I will take us out. Don't risk it for that putrefied biscuit. <laughs> for real, please don't, because we cannot be having that in 2021. On top of everything else, that's just the moldy biscuit. I think that's the worst. <laughs> All, right, All right, bye guys. Bye. See you next week.